Welcome back to the Living on Purpose podcast with Pastor John and Sam. This is episode 21. And here's our next question. Are intrusive thoughts from our own mind because we're sinners or are intrusive thoughts from Satan? Yeah, I love this question because it really does force us to focus on all three of our enemies, the world, the flesh, the devil. So the answer is yes and yes, both are part of our problem. I think the majority of Christians, though, focus on the wrong source of their struggle. And what I mean by that is typically we see the devil as our greatest enemy. And I don't think that's wrong in a lot of ways, but I think it is also really important for us to realize that our biggest struggle is not really the devil. I don't think he's our biggest problem. Matter of fact, I think while the devil has potential to do us great damage and to derail our Christian walk, our struggle is internal more than it's external. So I want you to notice a few things. First of all, number one, we are all born into sin. The Bible says in Romans 5, 12, it says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all have sinned. And then in verse 17, it says, for if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned. Now, who's the one man? The one man it's talking about is Adam. Okay, so through that one man, death reigned. Through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So what you see in the Bible often is the one man, Adam, versus the one man, Jesus. Adam as the one who ushered sin into the world, and Jesus, the one who offers forgiveness of sins because of his death on the cross. It's powerful to think about this. David said in Psalm 51 and verse 5, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. So it's important for us to understand that we are all born into sin. We're born with a sin nature. Before we actually commit sin, we are sinners. Mm-hmm. Now, for some people, that's really hard to grasp and hard to, to think through that process of you know something that's fair versus unfair. But this is what the Bible says, and therefore we understand it and we believe it. Here's another thought. We have a propensity to sin. All I have to do is take a two-year-old and uh, watch him, right? <laughs> and the reality is, is that, you know, kids, they, they demonstrate it right away, right away from the very beginning. And so the Bible tells us this in Romans chapter 7 and verse 21. So I find this law at work. Paul's speaking here and he says, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another work in me, another law that's crushing me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? And then he says, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. So here's what you see. You see the propensity that we have to sin. We've seen it before on uh, movie clips. We've seen it before in commercials or cartoons. You know, on one shoulder, you have the devil. On the other shoulder, you know, you have the angel. And literally, there's a lot of truth to that, biblically speaking. Theologically speaking, we are battling all the time our sin nature and the spirit of God that lives within us. And so we have a propensity to sin. That's not just an external thing. That's an internal thing that we're dealing with because we have a sin nature. Number three, we are commanded to deal with the culture's allurements and our own temptation. 
I think of 1 John 2, verses 15 through 17, do not love the world or anything in the world. So that is external, but it's not Satan himself. It's the culture, right? Mm -hmm. If anyone loves the world, the love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God abides or lives forever. And so think about that, the lust of our flesh, our own sinful desires, the lust of our eyes, especially as men, the eye gate becomes a really important thing. Often we're tempted through the eye gate. And then obviously the pride of life, the arrogance of mankind, the attitude that we have that we're supreme or better than all, sometimes that can fill our hearts and minds as well. And so the culture is attacking us and our own temptations are attacking us. So we, not, we need to understand that Satan holds no power over the person who activates the Holy Spirit in his life. I think that's really important. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 that those who are led by the Spirit need to walk in step with the Spirit. Right. And then it goes on to talk about the works of the flesh, and then it goes on to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, and all the different fruit of the Spirit. So, Literally, we have the opportunity to walk in step with the Spirit. I've done this illustration before in church, and I don't know that it's even the greatest, but I'll have someone come on stage and maybe take a child with them, and I'll do the whole three-legged race thing. Mm -hmm. And the adult is, and the child, they're walking together, but the adult is carrying the child. Right. And so that's really an illustration of what the Holy Spirit does. We walk in step with the Spirit, but it's not our own power it's the power of the Spirit that carries us, that that drives us. And so that's what we need in our life. Satan holds no power over the person who is living, and I like to use the word, is activated by the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. And so think about this. As we saturate our minds with truth and we think of Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's the constant washing of our minds and our hearts in truth. What happens? We are enabled to think and to act righteously. Now, the Bible does clearly warn us of Satan's power. I think 1 Peter 5, 8 is a good example of this, where it talks about Satan as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We have to be careful. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, pay attention to your surroundings because the devil does want to destroy you. We also think of Ephesians 6, 11, where it talks about taking on the armor of God so that we can stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. We think of Ephesians 4, 26 through 27, where it talks about don't uh, don't hurt the heart of God, literally is what it says. Uh, don't give in to Satan. He's looking for a stronghold. He's looking for just an advantage in your life. And the focus really has to do with forgiveness. And so there's a lot of examples of this. We don't want to give the devil a foothold in our lives. But I really, really, really believe the bigger issue is ourselves. And so the question are intrusive thoughts uh, from our own mind because we're sinners or are intrusive thoughts from Satan? I would say yes to both, but I think the bigger issue is our own sinful desires. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, just something that came to mind. I was thinking back a couple years with the pandemic and everybody was by themselves main, mainly. You know, we're at home, we're stuck with our own thoughts, we're stuck with you know, YouTube and streaming TV and everything. And you always, you're always preaching about, you know, be intentional with your life. Streaming and watching 
countless videos and being by yourself, it's very passive, right? It's very unintentional. It's very, and, and that's where those intrusive thoughts can, can come to mind. Mm -hmm. I think the pandemic really scared a lot of people, but, and that, that created negative thoughts and intrusive thoughts because instead of going to the word, instead of going to church and watching positive videos, we, we would, you know, feed ourselves negative information. And that is just propagated over and over. And now we have a tendency to, to listen to those thoughts instead of the truth. Yeah, I think you're right. Like what you put into you comes out of you. And so that was a time in our lives where there's a lot of negativity that was surrounding us. And then we, then we poured a bunch of things into us that ultimately probably doesn't do us well. Right. And so it does impact us. Right. And so, you know, again, you know, the question really has to do with Satan versus our own sin nature. And I really, really strongly believe our own sin nature is our bigger problem. Now, I have some thoughts about Satan that I hope will help us understand this. Number one, Satan is not omnipresent, mm -hmm. okay, which means he cannot be everywhere. God literally is everywhere. Satan cannot be everywhere. And so I think it's really important to remember that. So when you think of the scope of this world, Satan can't be everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so you can't be dealing with every single person. It's just impossible. Uh, number two, and I think this is this this helps us to understand literally what Satan's main job is, I believe. And that is he's likely focused on what I would call the influential people in Christianity and our world. Now, I know we all like to think of ourselves as being influential, sure. and at some level, we're called to be influential, right? But Satan can't be everywhere. And so I think of the, you know, the most uh, impactful pastors in this world. I think of politicians. I think of people in the military. I think of people that just have large nets of influence, way beyond what the average Christian has. Now, please understand my heart. We all need to be influencing people for Jesus and everyone counts. But I really see Satan as someone who attacks the more influential people in the entire world. And the fact is that we, you know, most of us are probably not in that category. Number three, this goes along with it. He has minions, okay? Mm -hmm. He has demons that do his bidding. And so the demonic influence and impact that can uh, happen in a person's life very well may not be Satan, but it's, of course, a demon. And so, you know, that's a that's an example of what I think he does. And so, you know, it's important for us to kind of look at this and have a realistic view of Satan. He's not omnipresent. He's most likely influencing the most important people in the world. And his demons do his bidding. Okay. Now, please understand this. If you know Christ as Savior, a demon cannot possess you, but a demon can oppress you as you open up the wrong doors of opportunity. In other words, if you begin to pour, like you said it a minute ago, right? Uh, you begin to pour the wrong things into your heart, into your mind, and before you know it, you're focused on things that are detrimental to your own life. And Satan, through his demons, I believe, has the ability to influence us. So we got to be very careful uh, that we are not opening the door up to the wrong kinds of things. Sometimes that's in the form of the music that we listen to. Sometimes that's in the form of what we're watching on TV. Sometimes that's in the form of the relationships that we have that are toxic in our life. Sometimes that's in the form of just daily decisions that are not honoring the Christ. And what happens, our sin nature, the culture around us, in, I believe, demonic influence can really lead us in the wrong direction. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So 
Does Satan have the ability to impact my thinking? Yes. But I emphatically believe that our bigger struggle is in our own sinful flesh that wars against the Spirit of God in our lives. Remember, you have the Holy Spirit living within you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're bought with a price. But remember the challenge in 1 Corinthians, we are to love God to the point of where we honor God with our bodies, right? We make good decisions. So here's some of my parting thoughts though, about our thought life to defend against sinful or distracted thinking. Number one, discipline your thinking. Mm-hmm. I love what it says in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5, where Paul said, we demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive. Hear that again. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, Paul, in context here, is talking about false teachers and dealing with what they had to say. But the principle, I think, uh, impacts everything that we think and everything that we do, right? We take our thoughts captive. We deal with our thoughts. That's why in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it talks about don't be anxious, but go to God in prayer. And go to God in prayer with thanksgiving. That is a direct attack against the wrong kind of thinking. So we discipline our thinking, number one. Here's another thing. We discipline our thinking, and when we do that, what does it do? It replaces lust and anxiety and fear and anger, and it replaces it with truth. I remember what I preached on recently in 2 Timothy, where literally Paul tells Timothy to flee youthful lust, but he doesn't stop at the negative. He tells them to run after what is pure and just and honest and what is good and righteous and all these things. And so we discipline our thinking and we replace the lust, the anxiety, the fear, the anger with good things that will impact us in the right kinds of ways. Here's another thing, and I think this is really important. Have accountability partners who are willing to help you overcome your struggles. I mean, our thought life, a lot of times uh, we don't share with other people, and I think that's a big mistake. Mm -hmm. We need to make sure that we're sharing with people our struggles, our battles, and we need to make sure that people understand truly who we are and what we're thinking. And so then what happens is we have accountability. That person can challenge us in an area of lust. That person can challenge us in an area of maybe anxiety where we're just not trusting the Lord and we continue to default back to our own struggles. And so it's important to have people in our lives. And so in respect to the question, yes, Satan is very real. Yes, he has the ability to fill your minds and hearts with things. And I think it's really important that we do show respect to Satan because he does have great power to impact us. But I do strongly believe that our greatest problem is us. And so it's important that we saturate our minds with truth. That's right. And put on that armor of God. Amen. But how do we know the armor if we don't read it, right? That's right. Right. So read your Bible. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much for sharing, John. And thank you for listening to our episode. If you have a question you'd like answered on a future episode, You can email john at weareemmanuel.life. Thanks for listening.